I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. Hello guys, welcome once again to the Purple Patch Podcast and I am your host Matt Dixon and today we're going to talk about a hack, a shortcut, a maximizer of performance, fairy dust. Okay, look, I hate all that, but it's partially true and it is central to you, the time-starved athlete, in maximizing your yield of performance. Today we're going to focus on focus. We'll discuss staying present or engaged in your training to get the results that you want. And I think you're going to be a little surprised by what you're going to hear. But before we dive in, I want to go through a few bits and pieces. The first, a quick shout out. This is the first shout out that we've done on the show. And it's going to be to Jay and the clan at Fat Frogs Triathlon Team in Virginia. I know you guys are charging towards Ironman Montreblanc, which in my humble opinion, is one of the best races on the North American circuit. And I also hear that you're fans of the show. So I wanted to give you a little hello. I want to say thank you very much for listening. And with a name like Fat Frocks, I darn well hope that you have some pretty cool tri-kit and t-shirts. Opportunity knocks, my friends. If you're lacking in the apparel department, the whole world awaits. Go forth and conquer. Get some darn good apparel and make sure that you share it with me. Second bullet point for today, hello world. We often talk about the sport of Ironman spreading globally and there's great growth in Asia and Central and South America and well beyond. But I can't help but read out some of the locations of recent athletes that have joined Purple Patch. To be honest, I'm a little humbled by it, but it's really amazing and it just sparks my imagination. I just can't help but read off the list. Bahrain, Central China, Beirut, Lebanon, Kyrgyzstan, Rwanda, and yes, finally, finally my nemesis, one that I've been looking for. We've just got our first connect and athlete in North Dakota. North Dakota, now that's remote. Third, before we move on to the magic word of the week, Tower 26, my old mate Jerry Rodriguez. We're going to have Jerry onto the show in the coming weeks. And if you don't know Jerry, I really encourage you to go and check out his podcast. It's all focused around swimming and it's an educational based podcast. But for you keen swimmers out there, I encourage you to head to the podcast and have a listen to the latest episode because Jerry talks to another titan, as we might call him, of triathlon swimming, Paul Newsom of Swim Smooth. I'm also a good mate with Paul as well. And here we have two great coaches, two of probably the leading swim coaches in the sport, having a discussion on coaching. I think it's a great opportunity. And if you're thinking about involving your swimming form and you think it's anchored around high elbow recovery, increasing your distance per stroke, lowering the number of strokes to get across the pool, well, listen to the podcast. I'll leave the link in the show notes. And now, We're going to go to word of the week. And this week, I go very coachy on you guys. I'm going to peel back some purple patch specific terminology that we use with our athletes to help them evolve their running. And so let's go into the jingle. We like the way he thinks, serious with a wink. Let's open the book. It's time to take a peek. It's the Dixonary word of the week. 
So the word of the week this week is MFP. Oh no, LMAO, LOL, blah, blah, blah. Well, this is actually something quite different. It's a purple patch specific coaching term that I want to share with you. MFP, what it stands for, minimal form pace. Simply put, this is the easiest pace that you can run at in which all elements of good form are present, at least all elements that you're able to sustain. So it's more simple than it sounds, but let me break it down for you. Let's first take a step back and think about the basic underlying elements of good running form. I think we can break them down into four main areas. Number one, posture. That's true across all sports, having great posture, standing tall, not looking like you're sitting on a bar stool, which is what you're going to see with a lot of athletes when they come off the bike in an Ironman. So posture, standing tall. Secondly, having your shoulders in front of the hips. So bringing gravity into your favor with a very light, slight lean from the ankles to ensure that you can gain momentum. The third element, a tidy and supple arm carriage with the majority of the swing of those arms, as we might call it, occurring behind the body, not reaching out in front of you like you're trying to climb up and pull yourself up on a rope, but having that arm carriage occur behind the body. And then finally, leg speed. And this is correlated to arm speed and arrives out of the prior three elements above. Posture, lean, tidy and supple arms, and then finally leg speed. If these are all present, and then the final tool or addition that you have into the equation would be propulsion. And this is making sure that you push through the big toe as the foot leaves the ground, giving linear flight and maximal propulsion. But this isn't sustainable for most athletes, at least not sustainable for long periods. So it's the added ingredient that is layered onto the elements of good form. Now, for the vast majority of amateur enthusiasts and athletes, focusing on these elements gains an awareness for them and is a catalyst to you arriving at your best sustainable pace. Now, a side note. Realize as we went through those posture, shoulders in front of hips, tidy and supple arm carriage and leg speed. One thing that I don't talk about, I don't talk about how or where your foot lands on the ground or other elements like this. And the reason for that is this tends to be taking care of itself when we get these above elements dialed in. And so what is the pace that emerges out of this when you're running as easy as you can but with all of those elements into your run, posture, lean, arms, foot speed. This is MFP. So let's talk about the application. Well, the truth is it depends, but it's mostly around awareness. So let's take Jesse Thomas and other elite athletes. Their MFP would net out to be their go all day pace. Often somewhere between seven and eight minutes per mile, we deploy MFP for Jesse to either help reset his form or focus when his timing or rhythm feels off, or we might use it as a break or rest pace between stronger hard intervals and efforts. So this ensures that we retain the elements of good form, but then in the intervals of the hard work, we include that propulsive tool that I referenced in earlier. Now, at the other end of the scale, less established athletes might have MFP running as an aspirational race pace. When all of the f- elements of form are present, you cannot help 
but run faster. And until fitness and ability develop, this might come at too high of a cost for you, but we would offset this high cost by bridging periods of MFP with chances to reset or rest. And for this aspirational athlete, this would mean either a walk break or intentionally removing an element of that good form. And typically that would be foot speed. See, we found in this single phrase and adopting it into our running training, it tends to help athletes understand and gain awareness of what good form is, how to reset and refine rhythm when their cost goes up and approach race pace and events a little more strategically. This is why we often say to amateur triathletes that the mission of Ironman running isn't just to run as hard as possible or be tough. Instead, it is to run as well as you can, as long as you can, as often as you can. And that is why this week, the word of the week is MFP. And now let's get on with the meat and potatoes. Okay, the meat and potatoes. I need your attention. Eyes on the blackboard, laddie. Today, you are going to be present. You are going to listen and allow the information to flow into you and marinate. It is going to maximize your learning. But then you will need to take it that to your training. You see, today we're going to talk about presence and focus in training. Now, you might remember that one of the quickfire questions that we ask all guests at the end of the show is training. Listen to music, focus on the task or troubleshoot work problems. Well, what I'm doing there is I'm investigating presence, but let's dive into the why and how it has serious implications in your performance gains. First, let's frame this. Let's take a step back. There's a common thread for all of us. Look, you want to improve. That's the word all of us do. You want to improve. You might be on a quest to turn professional or even win as a pro. It might be on a mission to qualify for a world championships. You might want to complete your first race or just move up the ranks. And finally, perhaps you just want to maximize health, life performance and see improvements in your hobby. Whatever it is, the truth is that I'm sure you want to grow, to improve, to thrive. And I appreciate that you are trying to do this within the context of a very busy and big life. And after all, this show is about performance, particularly performance in a time-starved life. So you're giving precious time and energy in this quest, knowing, understanding, appreciating that it is critical to grow and improve. But what if I asked all of you guys, all of the listeners, what's the route to maximize improvement? I know that I would receive shouts that are all anchored around training methodology, sacrifice and commitment, specificity in training, utilizing tools and metrics to gain scientific measurable insight into training progression. These reasons are a big part of why so many athletes love their spreadsheets, almost cannot get into their speedos or their cycling chamois without knowing where their monitoring tools are, their heart rate monitors, their power meters, their big laptop that's gonna go on their wrist as they swim up and down laps. 
And so many are more than willing to spend copious hours dissecting and hacking away at data on their Garmin, their Strava and their Training Peaks apps, hoping just to see validation of that quest for improvement. But, and this is a big but, something that is so often missed by athletes, and I would also say coaches, is the value of simply being present in training. Focused awareness and focused on the task. It sounds so simple, but whatever your quest and goals, being focused on the moment is a critical, and I use that word not lightly, critical piece of the puzzle to maximize your precious training time. And this only becomes more critical when you are time starved. You see, if you have endless hours to fill with training, a selection of those hours are going to end up dipping in focus. The mileage accumulated by professional European tour cyclists are not going to be 100% focused, mostly because it's just simply impossible to focus that much for that many hours, and it would drive them into robotic madness. But if you have 5, 8, 10, 12 hours to train, you are by definition on a journey of optimization. And whether the training quest is technical, endurance development, or tough intervals, being focused and present ensures the best execution, the execution as intended, and the biggest performance yield. Now, this is a pretty simple concept, but there is more. See, why else do I love presence in training? Well, let's go through the list. First, your training to race. If you are a competitor and you are participating in events, a big part of race performance is the ability to retain focus and consistently make self-assessments about pacing and energy management and not get pulled into a mindset that dilutes your focus on elements that you can control that impact performance. And this is a trained skill. If you simply check the box and mentally float through workouts you're not going to be training this element. You cannot develop mental resilience and awareness. Now, related to this, number two is what I call the inner animal. Underlying all of these decisions and the ability to understand yourself is the ability to focus in on the event in fine tune, what I love to call the inner animal, an innate sense of pacing and effort. And unfortunately, more and more nowadays, this is diluted. And what we can blame for this dilution is something that should be an addition, a positive to training and racing, metrics and monitoring tools, but unfortunately often becomes a distraction. You see, if you train simply by following heart rate, chasing a specific pace or power and fail to align with how does it feel, how should it feel? And then you are becoming a monkey to the metrics. You are shackled by the numbers. And by definition, you are not present, at least present in the way that I want you to be. You will lose the ability to feel and dilute the ability to pace and manage energy. Now, there's likely an episode just on this subject by itself. But metrics and numbers are great to capture. They are not the enemy, but. They are not the things that should drive and lead you as an athlete. They push people outside of presence. They disable the inner animal. And so being present and leading with feeling 
and then referencing numbers will help you develop your inner animal and your ability to make best decisions about your pacing on race day with, yes, with a backdrop of the objective data that is always able to refer to in flight, in the training, in the racing, and of course, for post analysis. Number three, habit automation. Elements such as locking into rhythm, finding great posture on the bike, introducing all elements of good running form, even how to ride in the wind or managing terrain. Well, there is a saying, how you train, so shall you race. And if you are not present in training and thinking about these things consistently until they become, here's the magic word again, habits, and then I promise that they will not happen on race day. Because when the occasion of the race, the heat of competition and fatigue bubbles up, you will need an element of automation that arrives only out of preparation. And the only way to do that is to rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat by being present and focused in training. Number four on my long laundry list of reasons to be present is one that is important but is so often missed. And I'm going to label it as escape or meditation. What am I going on about? Let me explain. While it is true that we chase improvement in our training, for most of us, training should also offer a release, an escape, a mental cleanse from all of the challenges and commitments of life and work. And for many, it is the one occasion in the day that we truly get to own and we can put aside just for ourselves and clear out all of the thoughts and the commitments that crowd our mind space throughout the rest of the day. It is incredibly healthy. And when you return to work or life, I promise that you'll have greater clarity and ability to make decisions. But only, only if you escape and immerse yourself in the process of the training session. So then it is not just about maximizing performance of the training session, but in parallel, it actually helps you gain a benefit, almost similar to a little holiday, a bout of meditation, or the mental refreshment that comes with a good night's sleep. So use the training not to troubleshoot the work problems, but to escape and clear the mind. And the best route to do that, to ensure that you are present and focused in your training. Finally, satisfaction. When you're present and you put focus into your training, not only will you gain performance adaptation potential, but you can actually enjoy and gain the immense satisfaction from the input and effort that you've put in. It is the true yield of a job well done. So great, you're convinced. Thank you. I'm glad that you are on the path of the converted. But what's the best path to set this up? Well, a few key things. Number one, and this should be typical, understand the mission of the training session. If you don't understand the purpose of what the training is and what you're aiming to achieve, you may be present, but it would be similar to focusing intently in a calculus class before you've even learned basic algebra. You're not going to get that far. And so ensure that you understand the mission of the training, because that is the gateway that you can walk through to then be present and make sure you get the most out of it. You also want to appreciate the intended effort. 
What should the intervals or the effort of the prescribed training feel like? What's the outcome I'm looking for? How tough should it be? And that might be really, really easy. Or it might be incredibly challenging and being taken to maximal effort. So presence could be about nailing the intensity. But it also might be about focusing on the elements of form. Let's take a step back. Think about MFP and what we discussed in Word of the Week this week. Great. Only with presence. Can you think about those four elements? Can you come back to them? And can you start to develop automation in regaining and resetting form and knowing whether you are running with great form or you need to add an ingredient? It starts with presence. Thirdly, cues. Make sure that you go about a journey of giving yourself and learning what works for you so far as cues. What are some things to think about? In your swimming, it might be an element of good rhythm or good form. In your biking, it might be about some of the cues that help you reset your posture, improve your pedaling dynamics or your handling, or even managing the environment such as wind or the terrain. And of course, in running, we go back to MFP, but we can also think about managing terrain. Oh, I'm running downhill. I need to pick up my leg speed. I'm going to introduce some bounding as I go uphill to get posterior activation. That can only come out of presence. But what are the cues for you that can help bring you there? By immersing yourself in this, it's going to bubble up not just the satisfaction, it's going to bubble up the improvement. With those cues, number four, know how to pull yourself back. You see, the truth is you will wander. You're not going to retain presence through every session. It's normal and not a failure if you do lose focus and you do start thinking about things in life. But what are those cues that not only help you establish the posture and the terrain management, what are the cues that can bring you back to presence? And it's really individual. It might be like, eight hey, wake out of it, snap out of it, whatever it might be, but little words or key phrases or things that can help you reset. And finally, paradoxically, finally, know when to turn it off. Yep, it might sound a little strange after everything of this call to action to give me presence, to give me focus through all of your training. But you also need to know that you don't need to be a robot. You see, training should be fun. The journey should be fun and it should be passion filled. I don't want you to turn into a monk. So just like eating, where I say eat well, most of the time, everything in moderation, including excess. The same can be said for presence. You need to have the ability to turn it off. If you bump into a friend riding, great, have a chat, take a different route. Just know, understand when to turn it on and when to turn it off. If you need an escape in a supporting session, go on a trail run. Hey, listen to the Purple Patch podcast, listen to music. Sometimes you don't need to super focus. But remember that the lead is presence, especially in your most structured workout. And so, yes, presence is critical. And as I promised at the end of last week's discussion, I was going to give you the magic dust. I was going to give you the life hack. But like everything in performance, it ain't sexy. It's just reality. If you want to optimize and maximize your yield, you need to be present in training, period. Oh, and one final little piece of work. And this is a Dixon pet peeve. And I'm going to say this so that you remember it. So before I say it, please cover your children's ears. 
For fuck's sake, take those big hunking watches off your wrist in the swimming pool. It is distracting, it dilutes your push off and streamline, it destroys your finishes and it draws your attention away from the feeling. Stop being a metric junkie and stop being a metric junkie in the pool. Now, with that rudery out of the way, I need to go for a run and I'm gonna treat it as an escape. It's gonna be a mental cleanse, it's gonna help me energize, and it's probably gonna help me be productive in the rest of my work day. And as you may know, I run a little bit like a donkey dipped in cement, so I've gotta improve. But I'll only do that if I retain awareness and I think about my posture, my lean, my arms, and my foot speed. Because I am, like you, determined to get better. So I'm gonna treasure my limited time and I'm going to be present. I hope you follow my lead. Best of luck, until next time.